0: Your business, the creative industry podcast where we dive deep inside the work that seems oh so glamorous from the outside. I'm Gabby Hall. And I'm Christine J.
1: Fian, and we've combined forces to share our more than 20 years of expertise, research, and tips on how to make this whole creative journey worthwhile, whether you're a writer, photographer, designer, developer, producer, or manager. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode five of All Up In Your Business. This week's episode is focused on the power of creative communities, why you totally need one, what to look for in your crew, and it also includes our very first interview, which happens to be with Julie Grunslith-Gould of Creative Mornings in Oslo, Norway.
0: And we know that you guys must be very excited to have a third voice on the show because you've only heard from Christine and I for the last four episodes, and as much fun as we are, we are really, really excited to have Julie on the show to share her perspective on creative communities, but before we dive into that interview, Christine and I want to share a little bit about why creative communities have been so important in our own lives, and I'm curious, Christine, about your experience. Where have creative communities played a role in your career?
1: I am always looking to do a better job and improve what I'm creating, and I think creative communities are so crucial for feedback especially if you're able to handle constructive criticism and you don't take it too personally and you are trying to elevate and get to the next step in a career to have a community of like-minded colleagues outside of your workspace that you can push your stuff in front of. And, you know, I went through a lot of training as, as a writer, both, you know, education and workshops and feedback is always critical there. So anytime that you can, find a community that either you create it yourself or one that's already existing and you can go in there and then look for some feedback and some direction. It's always appreciated. How about you Gabby? What what are some things that you're looking for in creative communities?
0: When I think about my creative community, I like instinctively think of you obviously because we've worked together for so long in so many capacities. So, community of one on this podcast, but I think likewise I think about the virtual communities we create. So, I'm in a lot of Facebook groups with photographers, influencers, models, all of that stuff for like my other side, passion, influencer stuff. And to me, it's just a place where you go to learn, to ask questions of other people. And then I think professionally, like in my nine to jive,
1: nine to drive,
0: (laughs) nine to jive. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then I think professionally in my nine to five job, having a creative community is so important for the perspective. Because it's very easy to get jaded or to say like, this person at work gave me feedback, but I don't think they're right. And so getting kind of an outsider's perspective and getting their feedback is so critical for kind of keeping your sense of self and kind of kind of checking yourself every once in a while too. So I think that's really important.
1: But talking about like checking yourself, I also love being able to see sort of people that have grown ahead of me or like what they've been able to do with their careers And a creative community is a great place to see like, what is the next level or, or some other space that I don't know that much about, and maybe I'm interested in moving into it or how did they get there? And, you know, you can challenge yourself internally only so much before you need to see like, you know, an example of someone else and what they've done. And that growth space is, I I think, another critical area that you're going to get out of involvement in and participation in creative communities.
0: One hundred percent. There's so many directions you can go in any career, especially the creative industry. I think we've talked about it in previous episodes. So if you haven't, go back and listen to um, some of those. But there's a million directions you can go. And so you need to look at the people that have come before you and say like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I could go that direction. And that's how you find mentors and, you know, ultimately build your career and understand, like, what will it take to get there? So hugely critical on multiple fronts. But of course, it's not always easy to find that community because you don't always just meet Christine on the ski hill when you're like 13 years old. So, <laughs> <laughs> And I think, Christine, you have a really unique experience because you've been in Norway for the last couple of years. And so you really were like an outsider coming into a new space. And what have been the most successful ways that you found community?
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to tell the longer story and a little bit about finding creative mornings and, and how I bumped up against Julie. But The first place is obviously any past workspace that you've had. You start with your coworkers, the people who are immediately surrounding you, who you have a lot of deep trust with, and you have an existing relationship. It's great if they know of other communities that are gathering. At the time for me, they were in person, but obviously since COVID, a lot of virtual communities have exploded or popped up out of necessity, or they were existing virtual communities and now people are just more a part of them or more active on them but you definitely have been like the hunter of creative communities so when you want to go hunting to find something gabby what is your strategy or where do you go looking for these
0: oh okay it's like a treasure hunt because there's a lot of riffraff out there it's kind of like dating right like there's some people you just really don't need to meet in real life same thing for creative communities <laughs> But the most successful way I found great communities is on recommendation. You find great people to work with by recommendation. Same thing goes for communities. So if there's people you admire in your area, people that you work with and you say like, hey, where do you find inspiration? Where do you go? Those are the kinds of like Facebook groups, you know, even like Instagram message groups, clubhouse rooms, whatever it is, where you're going to find the best communities because they come on recommendation from people that you trust and already believe have a good sense of quality and what matters (laughs) in those (laughs) kinds of groups. And then I think second to that, you know, there's some pretty big national organizations that have local hubs. So, you know, in Reno, there's AAF, PRSA, organizations like that, that you can be on the board of and get really involved in, or you can attend like webinars, one-off events when it's non COVID times um, in person. And those are a great way to like just meet people in your community in general. And I think it sounds very similar, those organizations to what you ultimately found with Creative Mornings, which is just a group of people who really do want to get together and share thoughts and ideas and grow as creative professionals. And it's huge.
1: But you have totally piqued my interest about the riffraff. Do you have a story, especially with this clubhouse right now, like the hype surrounding that, you know, is there something that comes to mind that can give our audience a bit of a laugh? (laughs)
0: Yeah. I think specifically about Reno photographers and models. There's a very interesting community of people here in Reno. And there are several groups. And I joined like the main group a couple years ago, maybe when I first got to Reno. And it like kind of seemed fine and normal. And then you kind of saw these like weird rivalries and drama start to play out in the feed of this group. It Wasn't productive. It was just people being a holes to each other, trying not to swear, but it was mean and like aggressive. And then there were people who then started doing spin off groups because they're like, we don't want the pettiness in our group. And then you end up in that group because you're like, well, I don't want to be a part of the pettiness. I want like a really clean group of people who are just trying to grow. And then inevitably that gets kind of petty because people are still holding on to the weird stuff that was going on in the original group. So I think you have to be aware, like humans at the end of the day are humans. You want to find a group where the people that are curating and being the admins of those groups are really clear on what are the rules here? What are we actually trying to accomplish and do as a group versus it's the Wild West. And we're just going to let everyone post whatever they want, even if it's petty and unprofessional. And I think that's what you need to be looking out for. Groups that have very clear rules laid out when you ask to get in are 100% of the time better than your average group.
1: You totally see this Russian dolls of pettiness happening on Clubhouse right now where (laughs) there's like the original room and then the spinoff room and then this group of haters ended up in this other room. At the end of the day, honestly, it just feels like everyone in there is a social media influencer or a salesperson or a marketer just trying to get in your face. But I have found a a few where people are talking about thoughts and ideas and and it is very community based, but it's sad To see already, I think, this overrun of such a commercial feeling when most other social media apps, when they came out, they seemed a little bit more pure to heart to begin with.
0: I mean, I think it's a tough place where we're at with social media is like the next big thing. As soon as someone declares it the next big thing, anyone who wants to like grow a following, grow an audience and make money that way is going to jump to that platform. And influencing content creating, whatever you want to call it, has become such a business at this point that if you're big on a platform, you can start getting like book deals and being featured on TV, like there's real money in that. And so you do see that kind of adoption that maybe if done with the wrong intentions can ruin the purpose of the platform, because Clubhouse really is intended to be a place for great conversation and interacting with new people. And in my mind, it's sort of like live podcasting, you know, maybe at some point, Christine and I will dabble in there so we can have live conversations with all of our listeners. But You know, as with most things, it can become tainted in the same way that Facebook has become tainted by all the political memes and other BS. So just keep your eye out for (laughs) trolls and (laughs) for riffraff.
1: But you know, honestly, like all of our listeners, they are now part of our creative community. And we are looking for as much feedback as you guys can send us and to keep us motivated week by week to continue recording. Thanks for what you have sent keep sending it. We are really appreciative and it, this is a two-way conversation. I mean, it is two-way cuz Gabby and I are talking, but like <laughs> welcome to the party. Like come on in and let's open the door a little bit more and be in touch with us.
0: And fun fact actually and we can put this in the podcast description, but you can actually leave us voice messages through Anchor and then we can respond and interact with them when we're recording for future episodes. So we welcome you guys to do that as well because we do want you to be a part of this.
1: If we get a good question, could we take that and put it into the episode, Gabby?
0: Hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So you have the chance of being featured, or not be featured if you don't want your voice to be heard, because people don't like hearing their own voice, right? Most something That's the like ninety percent of people don't like hearing the sound of their own voice, or or more than that, probably. Speaking of talking to yourself, <laughs> I moved to Norway two years ago, and. It's a very nice, snowy, beautiful country, but it's also known for people who are not necessarily initially that friendly until they really get to know you. And so despite my outgoing nature and my willingness to meet new people for quite some time, I spent lonely days, mostly talking to myself and not too many others when I first arrived. And I am so grateful and so thankful that I was able to stumble upon an organization called Creative Mornings. And this is a face-to-face creative community where people gather monthly in 223 cities across 67 countries. I was just so lucky to have one of these chapters here in Oslo. And it's all for free and due to the generosity of partners and sponsors that they're able to secure. And I was kind of job searching, but also looking for a community and looking for new people and new friends to meet. And this was back pre-COVID. So all of the meetings at the time were in person. And you know, for me, this was absolutely the lifesaver that I needed. So I went, the first talk that I attended was this woman, Nicole Mard, who had started an organization called Network for Work, where she was trying to encourage internationals that were new. To the city to build up a network in order to uh, secure employment. And she gave a talk called You Only Get What You Give. And it was really like that you need to invest in your career by networking and building very intentionally building up this network. And Julie had just given the introduction to that talk, but I noticed that she was American. I was like, okay, that's an American. I know my people up there, I can hear it. And as soon as the talk was over, I immediately ran up to her and introduced myself, and we completely hit it off from there. Then eventually, she asked me if I would run a warm-up exercise for one of the talks, so I did a creative writing exercise where I got everybody to like write a very, very short short story over the course of like 15 minutes, but you know, people were super into that, and yeah, there's just all sorts of good vibes and positive feelings that have come back to me through this organization. And that's why I think we need to talk to Julie.
2: Thank you so much for having me here today, ladies.
3: Yeah, Julie, we are thrilled to have you on the show. So I'd love to know when you got to Norway, what first drew you to Creative Mornings?
2: Absolutely, so I knew about Creative Mornings for quite a while. I was a rower in college and I had a professor who was going to be a speaker at one of the local chapters. And he threw out the option for extra credit. And since I was already up at 7am in the morning, I ended up going to one of his talks and just kind of fell in love with the concept and the idea. And so every time I've traveled, I've kind of tuned in to what's happening in a local city and a local chapter. And after moving to Norway, I approached the hosts after coming to some events just as an audience member. And they were really warm and welcoming and I got to hop on board and um, once they kind of, they pass the baton to me and a partner, I work with a co-host as well. And we've
3: now been in this position for over a year, a little over wow. a year, yeah. Uh, and it, quite an interesting year to be hosting events, obviously. So can you tell us a little bit about what it takes to plan some of these events, both in person, but also now virtually? It's a
2: lot of logistics, mainly for, our, of course, our in-person events. We secure, you know, coffee, venues, we reach out to speakers, we reach out to uh, warmups, uh, we want to make sure breakfast is all in order. And due to kind of, you know, it's outside of office hours, so our typical event is we had people come in, doors o- would open at 7.30am, our event would happen from 8 until around 9 and then after that people are off to go to work. So it's a little bit of kind of brain food in the morning. Now we've moved online, which has been an adjustment, but honestly, pretty smooth sailing. We are a global event. And so we have a great team in the HR department based out of New York. And what we're quite lucky with is we have a community. So we have people doing this in, yeah, 67 countries. And we're all learning from each other. And we have weekly office hours where we can talk to event hosts in Turkey or... Portugal or Brazil or kind of anywhere and so that's something that's actually in our events have been quite cool um, is people will introduce themselves in the chat we've moved on to an online platform Zoom and it's been neat to that we've kind of reached wider than just the Oslo community and we're having people from all over tune in. I'll be honest, the thing that first drew me in was the free breakfast. I was supporting <laughs> selling point.
1: I was supporting yeah. Nicole, but to like get your butt out of bed and get into downtown in the middle of the city back when we were in it was in person still, the free breakfast and the coffee was a major allure. Magic words. Yeah. yeah. And then I would add that while it was great to be able to see people in person, now when I sign on to a digital event or virtual event and I see people from so many different places, it's like, okay, the geography isn't limited anymore. And Mm -hmm. it feels more like a global community. And I think that touches on the difference between, you know, the local orgs and the Facebook groups, Gabby, that you mentioned earlier. So in one way, that is a benefit of the virtual, when you lose the free breakfast, you (laughs) gain exposure to people from, you know, some of the countries that Julie was talking about.
2: And we've definitely pivoted in a lot of different ways based on feedback from the community. Uh, we're very active mainly on social media and we do have our main webpage. Each event we've kind of brought in something new because there is kind of the Zoom fatigue. Everyone's using it mm-hmm. as their professional platform, personal platform, and to really draw people in You know, at seven o'clock in the morning to log on to a Zoom meeting before you're basically glued to the computer screen for the next eight hours of your day has been a challenge but it's one that we've been tackling with definite success we've had obviously like breakout rooms and t- things like that when it comes to audience participation we've had kind of instagram competitions we've done giveaways every month so instead of free coffee there's a free something something and that's not a bad something something <laughs> <not a> bad... <laughs> more like you know ceramics or
1: like a <laughs> definitely g-rated a g-rated
2: something something
3: for <laughs> poor, poor choice of like words. a free t-shirt
2: yeah 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 so this upcoming month uh we are giving away in honor of women's month international women's day there's a great local artist that made a poster that we're going to be giving away
3: i'm curious you know you're talking about these like international connections that are being made Do you hear from people or find that people are continuing to develop these creative communities kind of outside of the Zoom calls? Like, are people taking these connections and then, you know, building communities that they interact with day to day?
2: So we usually have this kind of like morning match board, which is kind of a poster board where people can, when we had in-person events, would have sticky notes and people could, you know, write like, where can I get the best hot chocolate in town? And someone else would write, you know, recommendations, whether it was, I'm hiring or I'm a photographer and I'm, you know, can offer services and things like that. Or does and anyone
1: recommend a good animator for this project that you we know, yeah. need?
2: So we're going to be taking that digital this month and in kind of the hopes that really we can, we have a lot of people that will write in the chat and we'll generally try and send that out as an email as a kind of summary of, recommendations and things like that. We've done spotlight Saturdays where we'll interview a volunteer or someone from the community and put that up as a blog. And so, yeah, we're kind of looking at different outlets of how we can better kind of pull people in from our audience as well and get them actively involved. There are virtual field trips We have had a virtual field trip with the Oslo street tour, and um, that is also recorded and put up online. And so people can really see the corners of the city without, you know, actually being in there and from the safety of their own home. And that reaches not just Oslo, but if someone's curious about what street art and murals in Oslo look like. They also had a poet do a warm-up once,
1: and I was blown away by, he was amazing, this Norwegian poet. And... It was funny because he was talking to introduce himself. And I said to Julie, he talks in poems. Yeah. Ooh, like, I was getting
2: text messages during the event like, oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> um, and so now, of course, I follow him on Instagram and he posts like a daily poem. And it's like Ooh. one of my favorite parts of the day. Maybe it's not every day, but when he writes like a pretty good poem, I'm like, OK, cool. Now I have my poetry in the morning. It's all in Norwegian, Gabby, so it's probably not going to be that helpful for you. No, Um, not at all.
3: Not at all. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But I'm just saying, like, it's an element of my life that used to be quite important to me, and I kind of Mm -hmm. forgot about poetry and lost that for a little while. And then because of this warm-up, I was reminded of it, and now I can read Norwegian poetry, something I, you know, three years ago never would have thought I'd be doing on a fairly regular basis. 100%. Uh,
2: Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) We get a lot of great ideas from our speakers as well. One of my favorite activities was we had one speaker who gave us the assignment of getting a postcard and sending a postcard to a stranger in the pandemic, kind of like spreading love. And so that's something that we actually want to incorporate into kind of creating like a Creative Mornings Oslo Christmas card and sending that off every year. So, yeah.
1: Julie, what do you see as kind of the greatest value for the people that join these events?
2: I would say community and you know everyone is a different background and comes from different spaces we have illustrators we have photographers we have architects and for me it's socialization it's being an active part of a conversations and snippets of inspiration and in what can be seen as is a pretty inspirationless time when you're pretty stuck and stagnant and so i would say that's the greatest value is being able to really tune in and learn something. Something that I've really done is I wouldn't actually consider myself a creative in the sense. I actually come from a background of science and I do work in kind of these intersections. I love merging natural sciences and social sciences and things like that. And so coming to these Creative Mornings talks, I've really kind of reconstructed what it means to be creative because you can be creative with more than just your hands. And when I think of creative, a lot of people will be like, oh, artist in some way, Mm -hmm. but you can be an artist with words. You can be an artist with just thinking outside the box in different ways, um, and design elements and things like that. And so that's one reason why I really keep coming back is, um, I take something away from every talk that I learn to. And even if it's, you know, a photographer and I'm not quite that skilled with the camera, it's, you know, the way that they bring something forth or communicate through their work and um, really bring it to this theme that everyone in the whole world is talking about in the same month is really special. Have you tried shooting on your iPhone? It works amazing. It turned me (laughs) into a photographer. (laughs) The
1: one button, beautiful photograph. (laughs) But I was going to add that I think um, as Julie touched on, but to expand on it just a little bit, I think that Creatively, we can get really siloed. And especially in a Facebook group, if you're in a Facebook group of only writers or only photographers or only video people, and you're having the same conversations kind of over and over again, then you suddenly talk to somebody that's operating in another space, like a developer. And maybe you're like, oh, that's an IT nerd. No, that's also a creative. Mm -hmm. And by sort of opening the dialogue and opening the conversation up, maybe you're going to start to think about
2: your own specialty in a different way. Yeah. And I think especially now through the pandemic, we've also kind of co-created together. What does community look like? And even though it is an online community now, sort of the different ways that we make it work and communicate with each other.
3: Yeah. I love the lens of that. Anyone too can be creative the intersection of like science and creativity to your point, people often think it's like very dotted driven and void of any creative, but like when you're pushing the boundaries of science or data or like experimentation, it takes creative problem solving. It takes creative thinking. And the way a photographer thinks about framing or setting up a shot might give you new ideas on how to like set up something else in your life. And I think those translations are critical to growth and it like gets you out of your comfort zone. And that's so important. Absolutely.
1: I had a favorite topic that I've heard on Creative Mornings, but first I want to ask Julie if there's a particularly cool topic that she's been a part of event hosting for.
2: Honestly, like I said earlier, I learned something from each topic. She Um, loves
1: all her babies equally. (laughs) I do. I don't have favorites.
2: Oh gosh. I mean, we've had a documentary photographer come in and that theme was justice. And he went to a lot of different areas in the world and kind of how he communicated justice through his images. And I thought that was a really interesting creative take. We've had a designer come in and speak about inclusive design and really hone in how when you design for people of varying abilities, kind of on the outskirts of society, you automatically include everyone else. And that was when I got really, you know, really interested in that. And then um, uh, we recently had a storyteller come in speaking about creative social responsibility and kind of hone in, like, he's had all types of different career changes. And he's like, you can still make money and do good and communicate stories in a way that are uplifting and really shed light and kind of this danger of a one-sided narrative. And that was really interesting. And I have that book on my mantle. And so, gosh, I can't think of one.
1: She can't pick a favorite, but I definitely had a favorite. And it was part of the theme, Promise. And it was a presentation by the Art Collective, which were two friends in Oslo who built a creative arts community. And their timing was not ideal because it relied first on a physical space that they put a lease on right before COVID hit. And then no one could even go into that physical space and meet, and they had to, you know, everyone's favorite word right now, pivot, right, and modify their business model so that they could deliver art supplies to first individuals and then businesses and you sort of build projects around stuff that was going to get shipped out and taught online. But they were able to pull it off, and they were, have been quite successful, and I really loved it because they were describing all the mishaps and problems that they had along the way. And one of them was a management consultant and she was trying to apply these business and consulting practices and had like a very formulaic way of approaching building an arts community. And to me, it felt very honest and practical and it aligns with this podcast and kind of where my (laughs) background is, right? Where, yeah, there's a lot of business interest, but then also a lot of creative interest.
3: That's fascinating. Now I want to come to Oslo and come to one of these meetings when they're in person because they sound fabulous. I can send you a Zoom link. <laughs> That's true. I'd have to figure out the timing, though, if it's 7 a.m. your time. That feels like Ooh, I think we're way in past my bedtime here. here. But, <laughs> but they're... Okay, okay the I can watch the recordings.
1: <laughs> yeah, the beauty is they're recorded. So, you know, you can jump on and, and have a look at them anytime. And yeah, you can't get into Norway right now anyway. So... That's true. Very, very strict restrictions on the border. So everyone that's in is in, and everyone who's out is out, and we're building our creative community.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, so as someone who hasn't been able to attend these events, I'd love to hear from both of you. Like, at the end of the day, what do you think the most important thing Creative Mornings has brought to you or done for you?
2: Oh, for me, honestly, sanity and this feeling of community. It's really neat as an organizer to keep a pulse on what's going on within the creative community and kind of how it can also, I take something from each talk and how it can influence my endeavors and my own work. And that promise talk that Christine was talking about, I work with a partner and Claudia is absolutely fantastic. And so just having both of us there to bounce ideas off of each other, to really dig into this environment, reach out to speakers and reach out to people that really want to get in touch has been really rewarding and a lot of fun. For me, yeah, this word
1: sanity, which has been difficult, right, over the past 12 months and and even before that, because when I first came So also, like I said, I didn't really know too many people, and I didn't have work at the time, and I needed to network, and I didn't even really know where to start doing that. So to be able to network around topics that were already interesting to me or that I had experience in was a great place to start. And then it led me into an amazing friendship with Julie. And that has been... Can people
2: hear my smile right now? (laughs)
1: Yeah, you can
2: can hear smiles.
1: Yeah, definitely. Actually, people tell me that I am supposed to smile more on this show because they can tell I'm not smiling. So they definitely hear them. I get really serious (laughs) Thank you for that
3: feedback, creative community.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Keep telling us to smile. So to find a a rich relationship and with someone that, yeah, I'm not a science nerd, but we have this sort of like in-between balance. And I'm so thankful that I went to that first meeting. And then also that I have, you know, once a month, this opportunity to look forward to being exposed to something that otherwise I wouldn't be and what's going to come out of that and and what idea I'm going to have like in five years because of some input that happened in one of these sessions. Hmm. How can, we're throwing Julia a curveball here, but how
2: can people find out more about Creative Mornings and if they have it in their city? Oh my, good question. Uh, Google, just creativemornings.com And we are on all of the social medias, so you can check out Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and yeah, creativemornings.com. It's free. The only thing is we ask you to register and sign up online, and that way you will get a Zoom link to your inbox. And for in-person events, they'll send you a ticket as well. Hey, on the website, there's also like a job board, isn't there? Yes, there are a lot of really, really, really great perks for joining the community as well. Sometimes we have different like free trials and things for all different types of tools kind of aimed for creatives. There's job boards. You can see who else have attended events if you wanted to get in touch and things like that. Or stalk them.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That too. Never done that. Not a stalker. Just remember, they'll see it on LinkedIn. so be careful but you could if you wanted to (laughs) if you wanted to find a poet in Norway yeah I have a funny anecdote related to that that I'm just going to drop in here real quick the other day someone I went on a date with eight years ago looked at my LinkedIn profile so (laughs) yeah you can tell shout
1: shout out to that guy what was his
3: name (laughs) yeah it's not important (laughs) To you or anyone else. <laughs> Imagine if you... Yeah, this it doesn't matter. <laughs> it was a Tinder date a long time ago.
1: <laughs> I mean, are you even call those dates? Aren't those like Tinder meetups?
3: <laughs> I mean, technically we went on like... I think we went on like three dates. I don't know. It was like right after college. Yeah, I think it was like two or three dates. So I think they count as dates. Yeah. yeah that
2: counts.
1: So stalk on LinkedIn or on Creative Mornings.
2: Yes, please do. And if you live in a city where there isn't a chapter, you can start one. Yeah. Another reason to get in touch if you want to build your own creative community around you as well. There is a lot of doers out there.
3: Yeah, And that's absolutely what we want people to do after this episode, whether it's through Creative Mornings or, (laughs) you know, just clubs that are in your area or Facebook groups. Like, go find your community. Go make a friend. Go make a friend who probably takes better
1: pictures than you.
3: Yeah. And then it'll really up your Instagram feed. So... bonus (laughs) bonus <laughs>
1: or or who knows so me marketing right like so many skills out there go make a friend
0: that's a wrap on episode five of all up in your business we'll be coming to you next time with episode six our final episode of season one where we'll discuss the importance of diversity and creative teams and also what that even means
1: oh but don't you worry because we are totally looking forward to launching a new season in the not so distant future At this point, though, Gabby and I just need a little bit of a creative reset to come back to you with even better topics and content moving forward.
0: And since you're loving the podcast, and we know you do because you're still here listening five episodes in, will you please leave us a freaking review and share this with your friends and your frenemies and your enemies, pretty much anyone with a pulse, since we're really inclusive and even the trolls and riffraff are welcome. Until next time,
1: keep it creative.